SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. Talking about managing our anger on SOS Radio, and I don't want that anger to turn into bitterness. We're actually talking with Stephen Vyers, and he's a counselor and a pastor of Faith Church in Indiana. Stephen, anger is a natural emotion that we all experience, but explain how anger can make the progression into bitterness. Well, you know, it's interesting in the Word of God that we're told very clearly that we're to put off wrath and bitterness. And that sounds like a tall order, but I actually think it ought to give us a tremendous amount of hope, because God never tells us anything in His Word without giving us the strength and the power in the shed blood of Jesus Christ to make that happen. And so if I do not evaluate what's going on in my heart that is resulting in these kinds of bitter words and bitter actions, then I'm not going to be pleasing the Lord. But on the other hand, if I'll slow down and ask myself, what is happening inside of me that's producing these kinds of words and actions, that's really where I can start changing. I know we can pray a bold prayer and say, God, remove things from my heart or uproot the things that have taken root that I didn't even realize were creeping deep in there. It's like, God, there's idols in my life. I mean, you know, we'll call them idols in the Bible, but essentially anything that's getting in front of our relationship with God is an idol that can cause destructive patterns. That's exactly right. And you know, it's interesting that you use that terminology because that's exactly what the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 12. He says, don't let a root of bitterness spring up in your heart, because if you do, it's going to cause trouble and defile many. And then he goes on and uses the example of Esau from the Old Testament, who is really the poster boy of bitterness But again, that's in the book of Hebrews, which is all about the sufficiency and superiority of Jesus Christ. So we all struggle with bitterness, but if we'll battle it at the level of our heart, it doesn't have to spring up into that root that's going to cause trouble and defile many. Bitterness is a destructive pattern, and it steals our joy, and it hurts those around us. It's funny how anger turns into bitterness quickly when it's unchecked. And We're actually talking with Stephen Virus today at SWIS Radio. Stephen, you wrote a book called Overcoming Bitterness. It's interesting because there's a lot of red flags that we see along the way, but a lot of times we just ignore them. Help us identify where that's creeping in. Well, I think we have to ask ourselves, are we being careful about managing this part of our lives? And for some of us, we might think that bitterness is completely acceptable. And um, we focus on the sins of other people who have harmed us. We focus on the disappointments of our life. We magnify them. And not long until that's producing all sorts of bitter words and bitter actions. And what the Scripture would say is to slow down and think more carefully and cautiously about this matter in two important ways. One is that bitterness actually begins with events, with things that happen to us. So we all have bitter circumstances. And so Joseph's brothers fired bitter arrows at him, the Scripture says, or Hannah's, the other wife of her husband, criticized her bitterly, even though she was unable to have a child. And so we all face bitter circumstances. However, the question is, are we cultivating a bitter heart? That's why the book of Proverbs says, the heart knows its own bitterness. 
And so as I think about bitter circumstances that I have faced, am I cultivating bitterness in my own heart? Am I becoming sinfully angry with that person? Am I uh, refusing to go to God for the strength and grace necessary to forgive that person or to handle it well? So that's the key is when I start sensing that I'm becoming bitter, I want to slow down and not just focus on what somebody else did, but what I'm allowing to happen in my own heart. It's funny how logic sounds better when we hear it more often, and there's so much rhetoric that's just been going around in culture. You hear on one side, hey, never go to bed angry, and some people will say that's great advice. Other people will say, wait, no, you should let your things simmer down before you can have peace. Or other times you'll watch a show like Cobra Kai, and it'll talk about how you channel your anger, and you know you let that out, and you channel it into the way that you practice discipline, like fighting and things like that. And after you hear it multiple times, again and again and again, it starts to sound like real logic. And you're like, no, I shouldn't be fighting things and just letting my anger out on people. I've got to find a way to actually wrestle with what the anger is before it turns into bitterness. But Stephen, what have you found about the truth of what bitterness actually is? Well, I think that anger is a God-given emotion, and that's discussed in the same chapter, Ephesians 4, where later we read about bitterness. So God, anger is a God-given emotion, which produces energy. But what do I do with that energy? In the power of God and through the hope of the gospel can channel that energy that comes from anger in order to solve problems today. That's why we're commanded in Ephesians 4, um, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And so I can use that energy created by anger in order to communicate biblically, to solve problems today. But if I instead uh, either explode with that anger or allow it to um, ferment in my heart, I didn't use it in a timely way, it is going to produce bitterness, and it's going to start twisting my recollection of that situation. It's going to cause me to review that hurt, to review that pain, to review how other people sinned against me. And not long, I'm going to have brewed up a batch of bitterness, and it's going to start coming out in the way I think. It's going to start coming out in the way I speak. It's going to start manifesting itself in all sorts of ways. And the insidious thing is, I may conclude, well, that's because of what somebody else did to me. And ultimately, no, we're not hopeless victims. We're not passive victims. We're active worshipers. And in the power of Christ, I can learn how to handle anger well so it doesn't ferment into sinful bitterness. Over this last year, we've been blaming everybody but ourselves, right? I'm Scott on SOS Radio. We're talking with Stephen Byers on SOS. We're talking about bitterness. We're talking about anger. And a lot of times we take offense to things and we blame others. But, you know, we're dealing with bitterness. We actually have to start with dealing with our own heart. Well, that's what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 7. Before I try to help somebody else get the speck out of their own eye, I first have to get the log out of my own. And, you know, even this pandemic, I think, has been a marvelous opportunity for all of us to think deeply about what do we really want? What do we really worship? What do we really find satisfaction and joy in? And I've encouraged our church family and certainly myself, don't waste COVID-19. Allow this to help us identify the sinful habits of our hearts and, and deal with them while we're in this position of pain, while we're in this position of discomfort, 
And the great thing is, is I've talked to a number of members of our church. By God's grace, that's exactly what they've done. They're closer to Christ now as a result of the pandemic than ever before. They can say with the psalmist, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn more of your statutes. And so just because we're facing bitter circumstances doesn't mean we have to become bitter people. That's the beauty of all of this. It's possible for our relationship with Christ to become sweeter. It's possible for our lives to become more holy as we process bitter circumstances well. Well, Stephen, what's the best way to even start to tame a bitter tongue? Well, I think, first of all, we have to acknowledge that we have one. And, you know, the book of James does intermingle the idea of bitterness in his powerful passages about speech in James 2 and James 3. And so it just starts by acknowledging it. And maybe that helps by getting some people who will hold us accountable, who will actually speak into our lives and us asking them, hey, the way I just spoke to that person or the way I made that social media post or the way I sent that email Were there aspects of bitterness in the way that I've been speaking? And we need to ask the people that are closest to us, be honest with us about what needs to change. Be honest with us about uh, what really is displeasing God. And bitterness has a way of squirting out in all sorts of ways. And we need the people around us to help us see it. Now, Stephen, in your book, Overcoming Bitterness, you actually talk about examining the character of bitter speech. Like, there's different attributes that sometimes grow into our character that we don't really want in there that we've got to deal with. We've got to realize that there's something that took root. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's interesting that James often connects bitterness with jealousy and envy. And I think that's one of the many ways that bitterness develops is when I look at somebody else and they have something that I want, they have something I wish I had, they have something that is better than what I possess, and that jealousy develops in our heart. And pretty soon we find ourselves trying to tear that person down, or we try to look for ways to make that other person look bad. That's just jealousy. That's envy. That's bitterness. Again, in the power of the gospel, it's possible for us to acknowledge that. It's possible for us to be thankful for what Jesus has given us, thankful for what Jesus has given other people, and actually celebrate their giftedness instead of becoming bitter and jealous about what they have. We're talking about overcoming bitterness with Stephen Vyers today at SWIS Radio. We've talked about how anger takes root and goes deeper and you become bitter. And A lot of us have been going through this year and you go, why don't I feel that joy that Jesus talks about? It's like, is there something that's blocking that joy? And No one wants to own the fact that there's sin in our life and we just think the sin needs to be confessed to God. But sin also can be a roadblock to our joy because Envy and jealousy and bitterness block things from helping us to feel and experience what joy actually is, Stephen. Absolutely. And, you know, our church family is doing a verse-by-verse exposition of the Gospel of John right now. And, you know, the purpose verse in John 20, 30, and 31 talk about how it's possible for us to believe and then have life in His name. And that's a really important question for all of us to ask as we go through the pandemic. And so many of our pleasures and our activities have been taken away from us. Well, does that mean we have to become bitter? 
because I can't go to church exactly the way I want, because I can't go to an athletic contest, because I can't have people in my home, does that mean I have to become bitter? I sure hope not, because I still have Jesus. I still have the cross. I still have his shed blood. I still have the empty tomb. I have an opportunity to enjoy life in his name. And I think it's been well said that when Christ is all we have, then we can determine, do we really believe that Christ is all we need? And I do know a number of godly men and women who um, would say, you know, as a result of this pandemic, I have become closer in my relationship with Christ than ever before. And it doesn't mean that I'm ignoring the pain, but there's still a sweetness that has actually been magnified during this trial. So trials don't have to make me bitter. And you know, Scott, that's why I think God designed the Passover, the meal, the way he did. So the Israelites were commanded to begin that meal with bitter herbs. That was a kind of lettuce that was indigenous to Egypt. And so even after they left Egypt, year after year after year, to this day, that's Egyptian food. And so they they eat those bitter herbs to be reminded of how hard it was to live in that aspect of sin-cursed culture. But remember, the meal didn't stop there. Next, it had unleavened bread. You can just picture in your mind what it would be like for the combination of those bitter herbs and now this fresh but unleavened bread, reminding them that not only were they rescued, but they were rescued quickly. And so now you have that combination of taste in your mouth preparing you for the Passover lamb, the sweetness of the sacrifice that had to be made in order for us to be delivered from a bitter life. Well, even for people who don't celebrate the Passover, even for New Testament followers of Jesus Christ, that pictures the way we can address the trials of our life. We don't have to ignore the bitterness. We can lament. We can be honest about the pain and the difficulty, but it doesn't stop there. There's something better and more powerful than the bitter circumstances of life, and that's the sweetness of the Lamb. And that's why we can face difficulties in a way that help us grow in love for Christ, deepen our faith in Him, and therefore help us to avoid a bitter heart and a bitter life. We're talking with Stephen Viers today at SWS Radio. He actually has a new book. It's called Overcoming Bitterness. It's moving from life's greatest hurts to a life filled with joy. Thanks for sharing some of your wisdom with us today, Stephen. Hey, Scott, it was great talking to you, and I wish you and your listeners the best. You're clear to go. Thanks for downloading the SOS Radio podcast. If you enjoy the discussion, give it a five-star rating in your app store. The way the technology works, your ratings really help spread the word.